Hello, welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Podcast. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. What does it do, baby? And as we stand today, we're a little more than two weeks into the NBA season. Starting to get somewhat of an idea for some teams. Not a full idea, but a little baby idea. And Yeah, we're, we're getting small. A little enigma. Yeah, and today we're going to talk about panic meter. So, teams that aren't where we thought they might be. And we're going to evaluate the level of panic. One through five. One being, we're chilling, just a little bit of a regular season row bump. Five being, fire up the trade machine. Let's get all the draft picks out the door and just figure something out. You ready, Phil? Oh, I'm ready. All right. So, let's start east and we'll go west. The first team... I want to discuss is the Toronto Raptors. Toronto, obviously, over uh, overachieving heavily last year, making the Eastern Conference semifinals, two seed in the East. I personally was not a big fan of their offseason. I've been on record multiple times saying this. I wasn't too high on them this year. And right now they sit at 2-7. and seven. Honestly, have looked a little bit better just through the competition of their games, but 2-7 and seven is 2-7. and seven. Not where you thought the Raptors would be. Phil, on a scale of 1-5, to five, how worried would you be if you're a Toronto Raptors fan for this team? Uh, for Toronto, I mean, going into the season, they knew it was going to be some kind of lack as opposed to what they had last year coming in with Aaron Baines and I forget who their backup is right now, but it seems to be Chris Boucher and Aaron Baines as a backup. Alex Len is but a anyway, too. Alex Len, thank you. The, the Maryland man. Anyway, um, I'd probably go with a soft three. It's nothing really to be worried about. Maybe soft three is even too much, but realistically, most of these teams aren't going to get above anywhere of like a four because most of these teams are way too early into the season. Usually the, you're able to gauge a team on the first quarter of the season, and that's around like 17 games. So we don't really know what we're getting with this Raptors team yet, but what we're getting so far is not promising. Yeah, I think that we're on the same page here. Again, with the this thing... It all depends on expectations. I'm going to go with a two, and I'm going low, mostly because I went into this year not as high as other people. Now, if you thought that the Toronto Raptors were an Eastern Conference contender and had a chance to make the finals, then you're probably closer to a four. But I still think this is a decent playoff team. You know, I had them as eight early in the season, and I think they're still around that bottom rung of the Eastern Conference playoff picture, you know, six to eight. Yeah. So... I think they'll be all right. There's been some positive signs recently. Pascal Siakam seems to get his footing a little bit. He's had some decent games, although he still just seems to need to spin no matter what. Did you did you see his game-winning attempt last night? Yes, of course. I couldn't miss it. It was actually an okay shot, but I, I'm not sure why he spun. It seemed like he had an okay look, and then he spun, and I don't know. Whatever. That's just Pascal. But his numbers are looking a little bit better, scoring with a little bit better efficiency. Kyle Lowry's doing Kyle Lowry things. Still kind of looking for answers in the front court. And I think they're shifting to the Chris Boucher route, which is probably what they should be doing because Aaron Baines and Alex Len is just not particularly playable for more than 30 minutes combined between those, those two of those guys. So I think the Boucher experiment is going to be interesting. Uh, their offensive output is definitely upped recently. They're, you know, they've, they've gone up from, I think it was dead last at some point to now they're sitting in 18th, which is honestly where I expect them to be around for the rest of the season. And yeah, so 
listen, if you if you thought the Raptors were going to go and challenge for the number two seed and, you know. Going to be world beaters. Yeah, being that top tier, then you're, you're probably disappointed. But I think that given the talent level that they have, they're okay. I think they'll be okay. You probably would like to see a little bit more from Siakam given his contract and yeah, what they're... you want him to be. But other than that, the Raptors are the Raptors in my eyes. Yeah, I think they're kind of stronging the storm. Obviously, they knew there was going to be a setback. But right now, they're shooting 28th in field goal. It's kind of unlikely that they're going to stay there for most of the year. They're going to get better with time. I'm sure there's a lot of new adjustments because almost all of their big core, their big mans have, big men have been gone. And now they have this completely new duo or trio now that Chris Boucher has come into the fold. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Nate, I want to ask you your – you kind of talked about Pascal. Enlighten us. Talk a little bit more. From looking at the numbers, he's he's seemed to have plateaued in a way. You don't want to say that like about a guy who's, like, really improved and he's always getting better every year, but his numbers have just kind of stayed where they are. He's averaged 20 points the last two years. His assists have gone up this year, but his turnovers have stayed the same at 2.5, which is kind of what you want to see go down. And his field goal is this for two years that Kawhi hasn't been there. His field goal has been 45%. Yeah. Pascal is, I think a classic case of the, the common, the common conflict that we fall into, which is we, we expect a player to just consistently get better every season. And it's just not the case. I've said on many occasions, the hardest jump to make the NBA, both from a team standpoint and a player standpoint is good to great. And mm-hmm. Pascal had a very good year last year, second team All-NBA, well-deserved, was the the best player on the second best team in the East, did a lot of things that nobody expected. But at the same time, you know, what what do we think Pascal could realistically come to? Because we saw what happened in the bubble last year. And I know that it was the bubble and things were different and there's all these different circumstances, external factors that we can't always factor. And I understand that those things are legitimate, but was Pascal's horrendous play? Cause that's what it was horrendous. It's actually crazy that the Raptors did as well as it did in the playoffs, pushing the Celtics to seven games in spite of Pascal, because he was a complete negative and that's just the way it was. If he plays okay, then they win that series in the Eastern conference finals. So, but was his play in the bubble a case of him dealing with the bubble or was it just that the playoffs get harder and he kind of got exposed for what he may be, you know, in especially his sense. when he's the first guy. Yeah. So when, he, when he's top like, banana, I, he's he might have that kind of yeah, stat line. We're seeing that. I, I still think Siakam's a good player, but I think to expect him to be that kind of franchise carrying cornerstone that we see some of the super superstars in this league be, it might be a little bit much. I mean, his, his numbers just from the raw standpoint are fine, but efficiency wise, eh. honestly, his true, his, uh, his shooting efficiency, even last year, wasn't what it was the year before when he had Kawhi, which is expected. But I mean, he doesn't get to the line an awful lot. Five free throw attempts is pretty low for a player with his style. His three point shooting is average at best right now. It's below average. The last couple of years it's been average. And playmaking, again, is average. So I don't know if this is an elite player. I like I like Pascal, but I don't know how far you're going if he's your go-to option on offense. And I think that's a big reason why the Raptors are just floundering in the half-court sets and will probably stick around 18th in offense the rest of the season, in my eyes. Yeah, no, can't argue with that. All right, so with that, do we want to shift into our next Eastern Conference? 
Yes, sir. Let's do it. So right. uh, we're going to talk about yeah. Nate's Nate's buddies, the Wizards. His his Bradley Beal and Westbrook romance is is not looking long in the tooth. No, it's not. So and yeah, what are your thoughts on the Wizards so far? Where are you worried? Where's your worry units at? My worry units are four, and I'm getting close to a five after the devastating news of Thomas Bryant being out with a torn ACL. Yeah. And it's it's really not even just from a team standpoint. This franchise is starting to scare me. It's yeah, – I've, I've said even before this year that Detroit, Detroit Pistons were probably in the worst position franchise-wise, but it's getting scary, Phil. It's getting scary. The, the, the Wizards – They put all their might, chips in, and it is – <laughs> The Wizards might take that spot if this continues. They are just not. It's it, this. Scary how similar this season has been to last year, with the the defensive just ineptitude, the complete reliance on Bradley Beal, on offense, and just it seems like the lack of intensity. Uh, it when I watch them, I've I've watched them a couple games. Um, I tuned in when they played the Celtics a few nights ago, and that's when they actually almost won that game. They came back. Bradley Beal scored, I think, 41. Um, They almost beat the Heat even with guys not in, but they lost, and that kind of seems like the story of the Wizards the last couple years. They'll have competitive games, but they usually lose. And right now, you just look up and down the roster. There's really only one-plus player on the defensive end. That's Denny. He's been pretty nice on defense, actually, despite offensively him being very inconsistent. And Russell Westbrook is been pretty atrocious. I know that he's averaging close to a triple-double, but the turnovers are at five. That is horrible. He's shooting below 40% from the field. He's taking almost five threes a game, shooting barely 30%. His free throw attempts have plummeted, only taking five a game, which is, for Russell Westbrook, I think a terrible sign. Shooting below 70% from the line as well. If you have... Russell Westbrook playing like that. I mean, he's – and he does other stuff in the court. I'm not saying he's washed up, but when he's shooting the ball, it's a negative. It's, you know, at this point, like, a possession that ends in a Russell Westbrook shot's a negative. Bradley Beal averaging 35 a game. I mean, giving you almost five assists. It's He's leading the league in scoring. Thomas Bryant, torn ACL. I don't know what to make of this team right now. They're 27th in defense. Their offense is fine. They're – uh, giving up the most per game in the league. I, I they put they're they're fast. They're playing fast. They're playing with the first the, with the best pace in the league. So I guess if that was to get you any wins, then they'd be doing well. But too bad it doesn't because they can't stop. As Bradley Beal said, they can't guard a parked car. So this team looks almost identical to last year, despite Russell Westbrook being the fold. I'm very worried. I'm very scared, and it's bad. It's bad. All right. Well. That was very adept. I'm glad you've come full circle after your your beautiful YouTube uh, propaganda on the Wizards. <laughs> yeah, my North Korean propaganda. <laughs> you really sold them. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel well, the do same. You, do you have a, yeah, do you no, have I feel the same. Uh, basically, what you were talking about probably put them in like a hard four because I think with this Wizards timeline, there's so much that could be fluid because. Westbrook may not be long in Wizard Town or Beal could be gone and they're stuck with Westbrook. Someone could go very quickly and with a team struggling like this, the Wizards could just make a crazy, you know, pull the trigger kind of move and it's just like blockbuster 
not even halfway into the season just because they're like, this isn't working, blow it up. But, yeah, I mean, the defense is what fully killing them. They were, I think, 28th opponent field goal you were talking about, and then they're giving up, I think, 29th three-point field goal for their opponents. And the pace is the second or third in the league. The field goal is – yeah, sorry. Pace right is now first, first in the league. Field goal is third in the league. First. And you just got to yeah. think, like, are the big men struggling? Do they not get with the Westbrook pace? Because obviously when Westbrook's on a team, the pace shifts. And typically it's, you know, first, second, or third in pace in the league. And I maybe is that just killing everybody in the defensive end? They're chugging along just to get a bucket, and they just don't have the gas anymore once they get to the defense. Yeah, and the the big man depth with, with Brian and, and Brian was no world beater on the defensive end, but if the Wizards are going to win any games, it seems like they're going to outscore people. Right. Brian was playing pretty well offensively. Uh, he was Westbrook's Tyson nice Chandler. Roll partner with Westbrook. Roll, yeah. yeah, and he and he was shooting the ball pretty well. Yeah. And now with him out of the now with him out of the mix, they're going to have to turn to more to Robin Lopez, maybe more Davis Bertans lineups at the five. I I don't. I don't know exactly what their next man up thing is here. Maybe they go small a little bit more frequently. I heard the Wiz fans want Mo in. They they need some Mo. Okay, sure. I know the Wiz fans <laughs> Let want, them have want less. They want less Scott is what I think is the, the biggest well, thing. Well, mostly because they and, don't give him Mo Mo. Yeah, that could be it. But they got a problem here, Phil. They, they really do because the clock is taken on the Bradley Beal thing. And – the Russell Westbrook thing ain't ain't changing. He he's stuck with them, and I don't know. It it, it almost has kind of like these vibes of what Detroit, what happened with Detroit with Blake Griffin. Yeah, in that where they they, they kind of make this move out of nowhere and try to like bring some excitement. Now Detroit didn't have a player like Bradley Beal, granted. But Blake, Blake was really good that first year, and Westbrook hasn't been good at all. But say Westbrook even turns it around and he's plays a little bit better, you still you're still lashed on to this guy for the next. Was it? He had at least two more years left. I, I believe. Yeah, I think it's it's one more year than Paul's, and I think Paul has got two more years because he's got this year, and then he can pick up his option next year. So I think Westbrook's three. Yeah, well, whatever side, it is, yes. it's more yeah, than it's want. a lot. It, it, it's more than they want. And when you're a rebuilding team, I mean, this is why I didn't want the Knicks to get Westbrook is I don't think he fits that kind of strategy. He, Cause he's not going to let you really develop your ball handlers and he's not really going to lose, lose enough games to get to the high lottery. Although maybe this year he will. I don't, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's a mess right now. Washington. It. It's a mess. And I hope that somehow things turn around, but it's trending downward for the wizards. Yeah, it's it's not looking good. All right, well, let's get out of the nation's capital. Switch let's west. Go west. All right, let's not go fully west. <laughs> okay. Let's go. To let's Pelicans, go. Maybe soon to be in east. New Orleans. Maybe soon to be east. Let's talk Pelicans. Pelicans quietly really sliding uh, and have not allowed have now lost three games in a row. They had that pretty ugly loss to the Hornets. And, yeah, after a promising start, it seems like some of the ugly habits of some of these players are kind of rearing their heads. They're not playing well on offense, which, is where which I kind of thought would be their – yeah, you thought they would be hanging their hat on their offensive play 
because their defense was just a wreck last year, and somehow they're fifth in defense. But this is where they are, five, uh, four and five right now, 11th in the Western Conference. Where are you with the panic meter with the Pelicans, Phil? I mean, second year in Zion, realistically, it's like 1.3 because he's spent maybe half of a season, a little bit less than that, playing last year. You're kind of just getting your feet wet with him and seeing where everybody lies within that kind of mold because you are building around Zion and whoever fits stays, whoever doesn't, you, you get a rid, you get rid of them and who knows. So with Bledsoe coming in and kind of jamming up the Lonzo role, cause neither of them can kind of shoot nor, I mean, Lonzo plays good defense, but Bledsoe is all right. I don't know. It's just questionable. I, I right now have them at like a, soft too because they're a young team you knew they were going to struggle I think they made some errors in trying to push forward the team a little too fast having one all-star named Brandon Ingram and getting Steven Adams getting Eric Bledsoe I don't know it just kind of jams up letting Zion figure out how he can play amongst you know play amongst the best and shooting 27% for three and 27th in turnovers and their pace is 24th like you were saying before it's it's just not how you'd expect. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, the Pelicans are interesting. I'm gonna go two. Also, I, I think that there's actually some positives to come out of the season so far. I, the biggest positive is, has been Brandon Ingram. I know that coming out of last year, Ingram was the most improved player. He looked great. I actually had some question marks because I didn't love the minutes with Ingram and Zion last year. I, th- I thought that Ingram kind of. He didn't really know what to do when Zion came back. It looked a little clunky. But so far this year, they've both been awesome. You know, I really don't have complaints about either of them. Ingram seems to – he's taken a step forward as a playmaker too, averaging almost six assists. He leads the team in assists. Shooting shooting free throws greatly, 85%. You know, he's he's been efficient. He's scoring. I I don't have any complaints about Brandon Ingram. Right now, he's playing up to that contract that he got. So – that's good if you're a Pelicans fan. Like, it seems like him and Zion are two really, really nice cornerstones. Now, <laughs> getting the, nice the Pelicans are shooting really, really – <laughs> Pelicans are shooting horribly. They're shooting 32%, and I think a lot of this comes down to their point guard play. Bledsoe has had his moments, and he's shooting almost 38% from three, which is okay. Which is good, actually. That, that, that's solid. He's, he's not scoring much, and it seems like he's kind of lost a step when it comes to his finishing. He's only getting to the line twice a game, which is pretty crappy. But he is what he is. They got a little bit of a lot. I was going to ask. Here. I didn't want they, they to touch on because... it unless you were ready. But... <laughs> no, they, they, they have a Lonzo problem. And I won't even call it a Lonzo problem because he's not really signed. But, you know, when they made the Anthony Davis deal, he was a big cornerstone of that trade. And obviously they got a ton of picks. So it's not like Lonzo has to be good or the trade's a bust. You know, they made the trade for a plethora of reasons. They right. also got Brandon. They Ingram, just got so good assets. Lonzo no reason to fret. But when you, yeah. And when you got Lonzo, you're like, maybe this could be our point guard. And I think he might not be. And I don't want to say it's, it's over. Cause it's the season just began, but Lonzo, Lonzo is, he put it Frank. He's, he's and he's gotten better. Yeah, and his shooting has gotten better over the years, but it's he's still not a modern point guard in my eyes. Right now, he's taking the most threes on the team, Phil. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's a good recipe to win. He's, his three-point shooting is 
completely plummeted. He's shooting barely over 30%. He pretty much has no ability to break defenses down off the dribble. And I think that's very apparent with his ability to get to the foul line, which is pretty much zero. It's actually jarring how little he gets to the foul line. I mean, yeah, he ha- he's averaging 1.1 free throw attempts per game in 33 minutes. I don't even know how that's possible. Like, you'd think you just stumble into, like, three attempts per game. But... <laughs> I mean, Eric. He Bledsoe's doesn't get getting, to the rim. It's the same thing with Eric Bledsoe. He's getting two, or he's getting yeah, two. It's, yeah, I know, but Bledsoe. I don't know, it's interesting. Bledsoe's, I think, lost his step. That's you know? fair. I, but I just he like, is he's playing twenty nine minutes as well. Not to give Lonzo any credit, but maybe it's something with New Orleans where they don't focus on guard penetration. They kind of just let the guards dump it off to Zion or give it a bi at the top and let them create. Because this is this is his whole this is his whole career, Phil. You, you, he's averaged the same amount of free throw attempts per game every no, single right, season. Right. One, I'm going to, I'm going to read the four years, 1. 1.4, 1.0, 1.2, 1.1. He hasn't been productive when he got That's there. four seasons. No. And he's, he's, he's shooting 60% this year, career 49. His free, his three point percentage, as I said, has, has plummeted. He's only shooting 39% from the field and his assist numbers are dipping, which the, I don't, the turnovers I, are I don't like to just look too, at assists. But... Yeah. I, so, I think when you have weak point guard play, it's going to just really affect your offense. I mean, last year, Lonzo was making his open threes. This year, he's not. And they have bad bench play. They, they yeah. don't have good bench play. They're, they're relying on some young players. Nikki Alexander-Walker is... Figuring it out. Yeah. Not ready. <laughs> JJ, JJ Redick is slumping completely. Josh Hart is honestly, I think, one of their better I'm big on Josh Hart. I like him. You know, he keeps... Yeah, he comes in and kind of fills the gaps. So he seems like we haven't seen for we haven't seen Kira Nico Melli. We barely see him. Pretty unplayable. I know it's so. And the the Pelicans fans are they're begging for Lewis. They, they want to. I I understand that Bledsoe and Lonzo are, are better right now, but I mean you took the guy you took the guy in the lottery, and it's not like your point guard is laying the world on fire. It, I think it's very strange that he hasn't gotten essentially. Yeah any playing time in meaningful no minutes run. for the Pelicans. I mean, maybe so, that's just how Van Gundy runs it. He's not a big young guy. I mean, you know how these old coaches are. Tibbs was not a run-the-young-guys kind of play style. But, I mean, he adjusted. Maybe Van no, Gundy's stuck in his ways. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. But, yeah, for the Pelicans, it might be a symptom of we yeah. tried to do too much with this team too soon. But – they're in a good spot, franchise-wise. You know, they've made they've dealt Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis over the last few seasons for I don't even know how many picks, and they brought in Brandon Ingram, who, again, I think is awesome. Like I, I really yes, think I he's know you love the best player in the league he's this been year, honestly. So he is a great phenomenal. guy. He is phenomenal, and you know some of the some, some we got we got some players in the league who I think got those that extension a little a little early. Cough cough. Oh five and purple. Cough cough. But oh no, you, you're gonna come after that poor <laughs> man like shake. that. It's not his fault he's in Sacramento. You can put him any on any other yeah, team, I'm sure he'd, he'd get the spot. Excuses, excuses. Okay, right. we'll so shoot 31% from three, but none of my hey, exactly. Well, Alonzo, that's why I get the extension, and he didn't deserve it. But we'll see, we'll, we'll see where we will see where he's shooting 28%. Oh, geez, he went lower. 
but <laughs> we'll see where the we'll see where the Pelicans end at the end of the year. You know, I didn't really, I never really bought into them as a playoff team. Really, I, a lot of people yeah, it always seemed like a coffee. fun, flirty I, thing. I didn't never, but real. not getting married. You're just having, you're going we'll on. See. Well, we'll going see. Out you know, they they had a dice. They're going to LA to put the Clippers and Lakers. Uh, we'll see if they win either of those games. And it could look bad after that. Yeah, stretch, you know, man. that's the Pelicans. But we'll see. I think it's going to come down to improve point guard play, and their shooting should improve. But yeah, we're not sure. We're All not right. sure because right now the Pelicans are, are slumping. Otherwise, yes. You All right, you ready for our last team, Phil? What? All right, clean, clean pivot. Clean pivot to the Houston Rockets. A Again, weird team. A weird team that we kind of were all over. Yeah, we were all over them before the year, and now it seems like they're kind of being ignored. Houston Rockets, they are sitting at three and five. I believe. Right. I'll double check that, but I'm pretty yes, three sure. and five. I'm pretty sure three and in five. In the West. Uh yeah. Three and five. Yep, just lost the Lakers by 18 points. Phil, like I, this is such a weird team to to gauge right. because of where yeah. they are in terms of their franchise. But I, panic meter, one through five. Because I don't know what Rockets fans are even – they even want to get out of this. Like, <laughs> are they already committed that Harden's going to go? Or are they like, no, we're keeping Harden. Like, he's staying. We're just going to figure it out. I, I, I guess it really depends on that perspective. So, for me, I assume Harden's going to be gone at some point. It seems kind of the writing's on the wall. These, this, like, the games so far have not helped that case. So I'm going into it with the Rockets are going to send Harden and get a dearth of picks back. So with probably go with a two to three. I assume when Harden leaves, whenever he does, if he does, the team is going to be probably pretty bad and they're going to get, you know, decent draft compensation. But right now with Harden on the team, it's just weird. Their three point, their three point percentage is 24th. Yeah. They, it's usually not like that. Their three point attempts are ninth. So they're, no matter how much they knock on the door, they're just going to keep knocking and never get in. And they're 24th in assists. They yeah. turn the ball over a lot. And they don't rebound the ball, which is just what you, you would expect when they bring in Christian Wood and they sign. I think they – no, they don't have Tyson Chandler, but he doesn't even play regardless. But Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins, you expect them to be getting more rebounds. Granted, it's pretty much only the two of them that's back to P.J. Tucker at five. But you expect them to be – better where they significantly went out and went bought people to go make them better at. Yeah, the Rockets are weird. I, I, I probably put them at a two for the few fans that thought that this team was going to win. I, 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 I still think they'll be okay if they keep this roster together. But right now... It's it's a weird it's a weird team and it seems like they're they're trying to get Harden to play a little bit different and he's for the most part complying. I mean, I, I, Harden isn't doing as much the ISO stuff. He's not he hasn't been as high volume. He's averaging only eight free throw attempts per game, which is yeah pretty weird to see because I mean you 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 look at his vast reference page and he's been in double digits the last one two three four five six seasons. So it's a little less Harden ball and a little more ball movement. Christian Woods giving them good minutes on offense, not so much on defense. It's you know they're kind of like a finesse team. Boogie it's, Cousins it's gets ejected inevitable. every game. It seems he's got <laughs> he's got ejected twice now. 
Yeah. John Wall's given them I'm happy to see John Wall go. Which I think is cool. Looks, like, right right uh, now, it looks like... Yeah, it, it, eight games into the season, it looks like right. they're winning the trade. So that's good. But, yeah, you know, with Houston, it's just all about, like, how much closer are we to a James Harden trade? Are we close to a James Harden trade? Do, like, do you think that this, these outcomes so far, they're sitting at three and five, they look all right, not great. There's some pieces, there's some holes. Like, do you think this affects their thinking on James Harden trade? I don't know. It's it's weird. Like, how ready do you think uh, they are know. to it, trade James Harden? It really depends on what the new management are really kind of thinking. Are they, they want to see what this new coach can do with a Harden scheme and they have an interesting point guard next to him with Wall and they have a decent big man duo with DeMarcus and Christian Wood, but they're not producing. I'd have to think they're leaning towards more like, okay, like, we're, we're coming to realization like this isn't really – this is kind of a pipe dream. So it's time to get rid of Harden. Where he goes, who knows. For what package? Where, who, who, what package do you want? You, you, got the, you got the call. You got the GM job. Where, where are you going? Me? Who are you first calling? I'm, I've been saying for a while, I don't know why the Harden for Simmons trade hasn't happened yet. I don't know. I, I think agree. it makes I mean, too much sense paper, for both sides. Right now with this team, it would be a little wonky, but it could be figured figured out because like Ben Simmons, John Wall back. Yeah, but be scary. Just figure. Yeah, just I don't know. Give like give Steven Silas a new team. Let him figure it out. And yeah, let Ben Simmons. I don't know. Like have fun with it ben for Simmons a little bit. You know, have some lines with with. Yeah, have him as the five. Let, let him be the center in some in some sets. Let him work with John Wall in some lineups. Like, just figure it out. I mean, Ben Simmons. I have a lot of questions about him because it's it, it's alarming to me that he hasn't improved a lot. That's alarming to me, not only as a player, but it seems like, like when a player doesn't improve at all, it, to me, it screams like I don't care as much, and that's that's scary. But at the same time, Ben Simmons is a crazy talent and he's a great defensive player he's a great playmaker he's six ten. he could dribble the whole thing so you know if you can i know you don't want to trade james harden but ben simmons is six years younger ton of talents see what you can do i think that's you know see what you can do and for philly i think it makes a lot of sense i think that with you when you have a player like Embiid, i don't see joel Embiid being a guy that's going to be a superstar when he's 34 years old I think when yeah. you have a big man star, the window's a little tighter just because those guys usually don't age as well. So I think it's in win-now mode for them. I like their team right now. I don't really think they're a title contender. So James Harden Embiid, that is a lot. That's a lot to deal with. And I think that's immediately catapults them into title contention right. and, I mean, from a talent standpoint. Other options for the Rockets, there's not that much. The Nets are kind of weak. The Celtics, I don't think, are realistic, yeah. but Jalen Brown would be an enticing piece. I don't think there's really much else out there that makes sense for the Rockets to do when you have James Harden. Who are you, are you getting? You could call up Denver. Michael Porter. You could call up Denver. Michael. My, yeah. Again, Michael Porter. Know, you're getting they, Michael Porter. They're maybe. so young. Like if you if like they it, detonated that right now. If you like it, that would almost be too similar to James Harden getting the Thunder detonating and sending James Harden to the Rockets. Not to say they're the same team, but they're they're very young. Yeah, but they're getting they're 
But they're getting James Hard. They're getting James Harden back, not Kevin Martin. I mean, I feel like with those with those small young teams, you do kind of want to see. What I don't know. Like, I think it's not that it's the best thing for them to do, but the front office is going to stick with who they have for continuity's sake and for I don't know, just chemistry as well. If you brought in James Harden right now, that would really mess up the whole chemistry between Jamal Murray. Obviously, Jokic and Harden would really feed off of each other. But I feel like Jamal Murray would be iced out and your third star would be unhappy and probably want to leave sooner rather than later, even though we just signed a contract. I get it, but I'm, I, I go back to my good to great thing that I, th- I think we, at least, we take for granted. You know, like right now, Phil, do you think that the Nuggets are No, but I thought they a weren't title a title contender because Jeremy Grant could... left because he was one of their best defenders. I was big on Jeremy Grant. Not to say he was – the one positional move, but leaving his okay, role but... to just Paul Millsap at whatever, 35, 36, is not going to work. Okay, but nonetheless, yeah. they're a really good team. Jokic is a superstar. If you have a chance to get another top seven player and, you know, really, like, just go for it, I think yeah, that no, there's I mean, a lot of appeal there. It's and worth the risk. It's it's, but... and when you're and when you're a small market team like Denver, you get Harden for two years. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe you don't win the title and Harden leaves, and that sucks. But guess what? You still have Jokic and Murray. All right, you're not you're not dead in the water. You're not you're not selling the farm. So, I think it's something to consider. And I don't even know if that's enough. They probably have to throw a, a few picks in as well, but. I don't think that you should just write it off. I mean, off I'm not trying to say that, it, like, no, like they, they're young players. They're all going to be stars. I just mean, usually teams or front offices do like to kind of see what they have before they really give something off. Because Michael Porter Jr. could be really good in the league right now. He's developing. He could be, he has a lot of potential, essentially. It's all I'm going to say. Just, you know, they don't want to give That's it, fine. sell too early. You got a nice Tesla it. stock in it. 2014. You want to see I'm what just saying, you don't want to. Oh, it went up from forty cents to a dollar. All right, sold. Yeah, I know, but you know, James Harden is there. They're not in the market Tough every season, so you know it's you miss you. It's not like you can just wait and be like, he's good now. Now we can, you know. No, if, I totally if you miss your opportunity. You miss your opportunity. It doesn't come back. So. <laughs> that's where we are with that chances Harden gets traded not to, not to pivot into a complete Harden trade discussion but what what do you think percentage wise that, that I, James is on probably like different teams this year? 90% unless they just go on like a ridiculous winning streak and I mean it could be really? there is more logistics behind it I'm you're not right. that high. maybe that was a little brash but I mean I think it's very likely it's possible they see what they have this year and they don't have to do anything. The Rockets can just hold on to him and see what kind of bidding happens as the season goes along and after the trade deadline and then let people kind of bid war until the offseason when they can actually trade him. So you're right. There could be something in the folds like that. Yeah. Indeed. We'll see. We'll see. All right, Phil. Well, we're recording this on a Monday, so we'll probably get this out on a Tuesday. Yeah. Hopefully the Knicks win it's tonight. 
I don't know. They look terrible. Closing Knicks remarks? No, closing Knicks remarks right now. (laughs) We'll talk about that another day. Two two words. Two words to Uh, to describe it. uh, My (laughs) close. Please, RJ. Good, good. That does it. Okay. Well, that'll be that. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. As always, if you enjoy our content, find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor app. Follow us on Twitter at HoopScoopPod. Got all of our information in the linked bio, YouTube page, website, the whole nine yards. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. All right.